Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. And the studio audience goes wild. We have a very, very exciting Tech Cat show today. We actually have somebody live in the studio, which is rare. And that is the fabulous Hardy Tankersley. And Hardy, introduce yourself. You please. usually have robots and not I live usually have people? robots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm honored to be live, uh, live here. My name is Hardy Tankersley. I'm the VP of VR and Solutions for Silverdraft Supercomputing. Um, we do high-end VR solutions and 3D graphics uh, hardware and uh, integrated software and other things to make really crazy photorealistic VR simulations and visualizations for everything from uh, you know Hollywood movies to um, engineering and design and automotive. Oh, so you help um, non-entertainment categories as well. Yeah, I mean, that's been my, my theory about VRs. Like, there's no money in entertainment. Right. So. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, we'll talk. We'll, so we start at the enterprise end. In yeah. a couple of years, maybe, these technologies will kind of migrate we'll their allow. way into mainstream. So, so Hardy is a realist. Um, <laughs> you'll learn that as we <laughs> Or a cynic. Or a cynic, yeah. yeah. He's a cynic. He's a well-known cynic. But we, we, um, we both just got back from a conference called Seagraph. Um, which is a, it, it comes from, um, you know, it's like a engineering graphics um, organization that has chapters throughout the country and throughout the world. Um, and people submit papers and presentations, and it's really down the funnel. It's geeky. super academic, scientific. Super academic, it's right. It's like spun it's, out of the... ACM, the Association of Computing Machinery. Right, right, like the ACM, right. It's a big really, deal in the 60s. Really, really, really geeky, dorky, deep down the funnel. But in the last uh, 10 years or so, it has that additional layer now of B2C solutions. Um, and so I've been getting more and more involved in going to, to see what's going on. And so a lot of my clients and colleagues who are at some of the big technology companies like HP, Dell, Intel were all there, um, and NVIDIA presenting their latest solutions with that geeky flair. Um, and so, of course, I ran into Hardy on the show floor. Um, so we thought we would sort of talk about what we saw there um, because it was such an interesting, um, you know, interesting time. Um, so um, Hardy, um, you know, give me give me a, a sense of like, because you were working your booth. So tell me a little bit about what you experienced at your booth. I mean, I think I'll pick up your your thought about how uh, SIGGRAPH has evolved over the years. It's got these interesting mixes of academics, and you can go sit through um, really deep papers on um, rendering and shading and texture mapping, and um, they have like. 10 word titles and I don't understand nine of them. And then you have like big showy glossy stuff, um, which is, I think at this show has really been dominated by NVIDIA. You know I mean? NVIDIA is yes. like the, the 500 pound gorilla throwing around all of their money. Yeah. They sponsored literally everything. And I hadn't realized that. And NVIDIA, for those of you that don't know, um, makes a graphics card. Um, and that graphics, graphics cards, card, graphics chips, graphics, graphics, chips, right. graphics silicon. So they're they're basically competitive with Intel and AMD and pretty much everyone else now who's yeah. in this space. But I think they're, but they're most, like the dominant. 
They're the dominant player, player, but I think what they're most known for is the graphics card just as a consumer brand. But what they came out with at this show, which is a theme, I think, for Seagraph, is this idea of real-time computing. And that, again, may may mean nothing. Um, May mean nothing at all, but it's... um, it's actually to you because you're not it's a regular big deal. It's a big deal. Explain why real-time graphics is so important. It's, 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 so it's real-time ray tracing. So just to get nerdy, and I can rant for five minutes on this. So the, the way that computer graphics have traditionally been done uh, for real-time things uh, is called rasterization or raster graphics, and that's calculating the colors for each pixel based on the 3D scene, um, and Which based on the color you, of for, certain for things. For non-geeks, it yeah. means so you can see it. So you can see it, and so yeah. you, so well, it's all about taking a 3D scene and putting it on your screen, right, right? frame by frame at. 30 frames a second or 60 frames a second right. so that it's it's real time. And it's really hard in games are real time because you need to move around and they have to render at 30 or 60 frames a second or whatever their, their frame rate or 70, whatever it is. Um, whereas if you're making a big Hollywood movie, you can afford to spend six hours rendering a frame on a $2 million uh, render farm because it it's going to be on a twenty foot screen right. at uh, an insane resolution. And it takes weeks. It's weeks, insane weeks. colors and it has to look really totally bad. photorealistic. Right. Um, so traditional raster graphics, uh, for example, just cut out a, a frame of the screen and only render what you're going to see on the screen. Right. So the three D room that you're going to render exists in the computer as 3D models, but you only want you only need to render what you're going to see, right? Um, but it turns out sometimes that crops out things that actually do affect the scene. And so what ray tracing does is uh, incredibly more complex. It calculates every light ray in the scene and how it travels from the light source to your eye. You know, or the camera in this right. case, and that's basically I'm trying to interpret you for regular people. Yeah, yeah, yeah please. <laughs> it's basically just the shadows that make the image look like it lives well, in. Well, what world. it lets you do is realistically render the real world. So when you're rendering in rasters, you're uh, you're you're assuming every single light. You're making shortcuts. Shortcuts like every single light is a single point, so you can't have like a big fuzzy light like. Um, uh, you know, like a square fluorescent light can't cast light. The, it doesn't look right. So you have to fake it. Um, shadows are all have hard edges so that when the light either hits an object or it doesn't. When you do ray tracing, you can measure every light ray, what it bounces off of every surface. It takes some color and light with it, you know, some color with it and bounces to another surface. And so what that lets you do is render much more realistic shadows. The shadows start to have fuzzy edges because light can come from diffuse sources. It also lets you do all the reflections super accurately. So every surface uh, can reflect the things around it and the things around that. So for example, in the, the raster example, you've got an object that's off screen, it won't get rendered. In ray tracing, if there's an object off screen, it may be casting uh, some color because there's still light bouncing off it and interacting with the other objects around it. So you feel like a big red ball and it's off screen in a raster scene, you won't see it at all. 
in a ray trace scene, you will see that red glow halo, halo, yeah, yeah. coming off of other things around it because they have reflectance. And, and because have... as human beings, we knew subconsciously that we'd seen the ball on the scene. Right, that so, happens too. So your brain will say, oh, it doesn't quite look right. So the, the demo that NVIDIA does to show this real-time ray tracing yeah. is a scene from Star Wars that they... It's not a real scene. They created this scene um, it's pretty funny. just to show off what ray tracing does. And so ray tracing does really good with reflections and glossy surfaces. So they created this little, what is it, like three minutes yeah. short of a, of some stormtroopers in an elevator. Putting down their boss, basically. Yeah. But yeah. everything is super shiny, super reflective. You know, those stormtroopers are all very glossy. And it's the silver Yeah, the silver. What's, what's, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Uh, Phasma. Captain Phasma. Right. Yeah. So she's in this. So she's all metallic. So, so yeah. ray tracing does really good with metallics. And so you just see this incredibly rich photorealistic world. And that's something that's never been able to be done on a, a moderately reasonably priced compute platform. Right. We, we were doing it a year ago and we could run maybe 15 frames a second and that's with like 800 to 1,000 CPU cores simultaneously. Right, like we had to send, we had to send when I worked for a company that did PlayStation movies, the little movies you watched, this yeah. was 10, 15 years ago, we had to send them away and it took weeks. Yeah. And then you, if something was wrong, you would have to redo it. And so it was a really hideous process. So their big announcement after all this fabulous geeky conversation is that you can do real-time ray tracing. You can buy a card to do real-time ray tracing and it's on a desktop It's affordable, PC. too. It's not Yeah, it be. starts at like the quad, which is the professional version, starts like $2,300. Right. And goes, 20, and goes up to 10000 Right. And, and then, they just yeah. announced this Monday the consumer cards, but I don't know what the prices are on those. I yeah, so that, that was the big... Everyone was walking around talking about real-time. So yeah. when, it, real -time even for tracing. those of you that don't live in this world and aren't down the funnel like Cardi is um, <laughs> and are just looking at it from a strategy perspective or how does this impact your business, the way that it impa impacts your business is that you'll be able to get things done quicker um, you won't have to hire outside services anymore to, to make things. And the world as we know it from both an entertainment and commercial perspective, the expectations for how things yeah. are going to look. It's getting more and more photorealistic. Really you photorealistic. Know, computer graphics so, yeah. look less like computer graphics right. all the time. You can now render things that are literally indistinguishable from a photo. Right, right. In you know, in, in in five minutes instead of six hours. Right. So it's it's creepy and it's fabulous at the same time. All right. So we're gonna pretty. take we're gonna take a break and talk more about some of these other trends and some other extreme cases of the real time graphics that we saw that kind of blow your mind. I mean, I left I left thinking, oh my God, the world as we know it is changing so fast. <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna be back in a moment with the fabulous Hardy Tankersley, learning more about the future of graphics and how all this new technology is going to impact our everyday lives. More on the Tech Cut Show in a moment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back talking geeky graphics and the uh, recent conference, Seagraph, with the fabulous Hardy Tankersley, who um, Hardy didn't do his background justice because Hardy was, before um, engaging with his current gig, he was a longtime executive at Fox, shepherding in all their innovation. Um, And so you've really seen things come a long way. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I mean, I'm sure some of the stuff... We're talking about graphics. I mean, I I started at Apple in 1989. Oh, wow. That was, like, I think my first SIGGRAPH year, and that was the year that, like... uh, I think it was that year, maybe it was 90, that Pixar debuted um, Luxo Jr., which was like the first computer-generated animated Is that film. the light bulb? The light, the, the yeah, lights. the lamp. The lamp. The lamp yeah, that the hops, lamp that around. hops around. Yeah, yeah right. that like became their signature, and it was like, wow, look, the light you know, moves around. around. Right. It has realistic <laughs> physics, and... Uh, and you can see the light casting on the ball, and like those were all these huge breakthroughs at the time, and that thing took 
a week to render on right, a farm. Right, you know? right. Um, I mean, so, he yeah. was, we were just talking about, so the, one of the NVIDIA co-founders is this guy named, what's his whole Jensen name? Wong. Jensen Wong. And so he's referred to as Jensen yeah, among the press. Yeah, he's Jensen. And he got up there all dressed in black and he did the keynote. Jacket, yeah. And they played loud music and it was very Steve Jobsy. Um, but um, what what he did that I thought was great was he brought up a picture of a Porsche. Yeah, yeah. And he moved the light in the scene around the Porsche. And everyone, and he said, we have a partnership with Porsche. And everyone was like, oh, that's great. He took some pictures of the Porsche and showing us how great the light looks. And then he goes, this was completely built in graphics. Yeah, right. And the whole audience went, oh. (laughs) And it did look really real. Yeah. You know, it looked great. Yeah, it's photorealistic. And traditionally, when you, if you like moved a light in that scene, you'd have to re-render it and recalculate it. It would take five minutes to do uh, and now you can literally just move, wave lights around and they all reflect off the surfaces. They reflect off the gloss of the car. They reflect off the the mirrors all work if you sit in the car. So this is a thing that we do a lot, like we do a lot of VR with automotive designers. Right. So on the enterprise side, how this starts to get really, really interesting, and we'll get to the entertainment side in a, in a moment or two, but on the on the enterprise side, all of a sudden now – Products, packaging, things, medical, every every business category you can name can now either do education to consumer or internal or show products or demonstrate things that look real. Yeah, cars are a good example and they really need... Uh, ray tracing and photorealism because they're doing like interior design so you can go into vr and sit in the driver's seat of the car and you can tell the computer to put headlights behind you and put the sun at a certain location and you can see exactly how the light reflects off the the material and the angle of the dashboard and the color of the the leather. So they can play with it. And then they can say, oh, uh, I guess we need to angle that one more degree so that the reflection doesn't hit in the wrong spot. So little things like that, you know, uh, clearly architecture and construction and design where you're designing a building and you want to be able to, um, now with, with ray tracing, you can put the sun where it's supposed to be and you can see exactly how it filters through all the glass and hits the carpets and the, um, tables and the furniture and it's exactly where it reflects. Um, there was actually a bunch of interesting stuff. Uh, they talked about this hardware can also do audio ray tracing. Oh. So it's a similar thing with audio. You can trace all the sound waves and how they reflect off of everything. So people talk about, you know, stereoscopic audio right. and then there's ambisonic audio, which is like, so yeah, you can hear where the source of the audio is coming from in your head. You can yeah. kind of know it's over there, but with audio effectively ray tracing, you can hear exactly how the sound interacts with all the objects in the space. So it's going to hit this wall and the properties of that wall are going to reflect the sound in this way. And so um, you can really hear uh, uh, details of a room and how you move around it in VR in a way that hasn't been possible before. Well, and what what I walked away with feeling, again, from that real-time piece and seeing how things played out is that the nature of experiences is now going to change, um, whether we experience them in a business environment or in entertainment. And let's jump over to entertainment for a minute, because I know you're a cynic about and a, and a, <laughs> and a popular, well-educated, skeptic, yeah, cynic, skeptic, whatever it is. But um, I, you know, last year, not even on purpose, it, you know, the Tech Cat Show became the VR show, just because everyone in our world was looking at VR. 
And many have moved away from it or have adjusted it. But where I think it's so exciting is location-based experiences. And at Seagraph, there were a few different things. One was HP's partnership with the Technicolor Experience Center and also NVIDIA Power That. um, And they did the Mars experience where you sit in a positron chair, which is a chair that shakes, and you go on this thro- ride as if you're landing on really Mars. Sh- it just turns. It turns and vibrates. It has a little rumble, but yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. like throw you around. No, it doesn't. Th- it's not um, like a ride ride. <laughs> right, right. But but it it's nice. it's a demonstration though too of how subtle movement and sound can be to create an experience. And so then I also did Vicon, another company there, who's known more for motion capture, which is when you see people in those funny suits with dots all over. And the computer records their actual movements, and that's how they get all that animation stuff to look so great. But they did it for medical. Now they're moving into entertainment. And so I had to put on sensors on my hands, sensors on my feet, and I walked around in like an Indiana Jones environment because they had partnered with a creative house called Dreamscape who's doing VR for location-based experiences. So now you have, I physically felt my body now. And I'm being, I'm on a spaceship I'm under a tunnel running away from a rock. And you can see you know, your hands and your you arms see, yeah. and your feet. And, and you see the people next to you. They're in the right you. place, yeah. And they're, they're really next to you. Um, so it was wild. And again, what this did for me, what I walked away from Seagraph is like, oh, my God, the nature of experience has just changed. So between the ability to do real time and the fact that these sensors and these chairs and all these things now are impacting all of our senses. I mean, they had wind blowing. Yeah, yeah, and they had heat coming off yeah, of things. Yeah, because I was, yeah. I was, um, you go near the wall, and there's, um, you know, torches. Yeah. So now they're they're impacting all of your senses. Yeah, and that starts to get very much like a theme park ride. Right. So I thought to myself, what do they need one, Disney for anymore? Right. You know. Did you see Cave? I d- oh, yes, I did yeah, see Cave. So Talk I about Cave. That was an cave interesting was example of it, more like a movie theater than a theme park. Right. You walk so into this group this is experience. This a project yeah. built by the NYU Media Lab. You know, it's an experimental thing. But they said, what could what could you do in VR, um, but also to replicate more of a theatrical experience? So it's, a, it's, a, it's like a 30-seat theater. They right. have chairs in rows like you would see in a theater. Um, but everybody puts on a headset, and so you're in a virtual environment. You're in this magical underground cave, but you can see everybody else, yeah. all all your fellow audience members. So it it's an interesting question of of what what does it do when you can replicate seeing a group being in a group and watching a performance. And yeah. so you'd see a show, and it's very theatrical, like you're all sitting around this cave. Um, and you're watching these characters on a little kind of a stage um, perform this little story. And, uh, and then there are a bunch of other interesting effects they do. They have, like, yeah. they have this cool audio system and a big subwoofer. So that when big animal comes in, you feel it. Yeah, but yeah. it was an interesting experience. So everybody in the audience is like an avatar. In right, real but time, but and as real. they move, you see the person next to you. You can yeah. see, you know, you can't see their face. They're like a cartoon right. character, and they're not really you can moving. See them though, move. you can they? see their head move. You right? see their head it's move. It's just a, it's a low-end VR headset. Okay, so there's not like full body tracking or anything. Everybody's right. sitting in chairs, right? So right, right. you kind of but you have this group, way, but you do experience. have a sense that there yeah. are people yeah. there and yeah. they're alive. Yeah. You know? 
And if they talk, you can hear them. Yeah, you have a gr- it's a group experience of a group experience. Yeah. And yeah. so this is like the biggest problem with location-based entertainment yeah. is the economic model. You can't push enough people through a VR experience to make money. You know, right. a movie theater can seat, well, I don't know, 500,000 people, right. 500 right. or 1,000 people at, at one one showing when showing you a VR experience, let's say it's 15 minutes long and it's five people, you know, as the dreamscape kind of thing, like you can't put enough people through it and charge enough to make enough money to be able to afford the production value that you really want. Right. So this is a, a, an experiment to see, okay, what if you put 30 people together, but you're sitting in chairs, you're not walking around, you don't have body tracking, it's not like you're not, right. it's not like game, like you can't actually do anything other than just watch the story, but from a studio and business and economic standpoint, you've got much higher volumes, so you can, the economics start to look better. Right, and I, I my experience with all of those location-based experiences, and especially that one, was the human element of someone has to be standing next to you and putting you in the stuff. They have to wipe it down for hygienic stuff. And by the way, I didn't do half of the VR experiences there because I don't like to put that on my face. Well, I didn't do half the experiences there because I don't like to wait in line. So there's both that too. (laughs) But but they just haven't operationalized all of that yet. But it was a very rewarding experience. The three things I did were really interesting and gave me pause about where things are going. So the cave, the Mars experience, and the one I told you about with mocap, both of them were unique, interesting, and different. Compelling. Compelling and gave me pause. I've been thinking a lot about them. I think I even dreamed about some stuff. (laughs) I mean... So it's it's very, very engaging. Yeah. And I did really think to myself, why do I ever have to go to Disneyland again? Yeah. Because <laughs> I literally just had three Disneyland experiences in the convention center. Right. You know, Steps in, in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I thought I thought it was really interesting. So so we have this real time idea and then we have this, you know, idea of LBE sort of, you know, playing some kind of role. So we're gonna get in, into a few more trends, but did you did you see any VR that you thought was you know, well, the, the other thing I think we should deal with is the the interesting stuff is the like academic research pavilion. Yes, yes, yes. Where they yes. have all the really crazy cutting edge. Right, right. We'll talk um, about that when we come back. We're like, gonna we take, should um, talk about. Yeah, that. we're gonna take a break and we'll get into the crazy academic people who say things to you like, "I don't know why we built it." <laughs> we just built it. But that was my favorite comment from all of them. Right. But we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Hat Show. We're talking to Hardy Tankersley. We're doing a deep dive into SeaGraph. The Seagraph Conference 2018, which happened in Vancouver a couple of weeks ago, Hardy and I both attended. It was a geek fest. Experiences are changing. It's a mind blow. More on the Tech Cat Show when we return. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. 
Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. All right, and we are back. I've been talking with Hardy Tankersley, um, who is uh, a well-known executive in media and technology, was at Fox for years, and now is is an independent, but also doing a lot of work with... um, Silver Draft. Silver Draft. Um, But but Hardy and I, the the best part of the Tech Cat Show is also the off-mic conversations, (laughs) because we were geeking out. Well, you guys were listening to whatever Yeah, exactly, commercials, but... um, we were just talking about what happens. They have this educational experiential section of the Seagraph conference where people submit to basically show their stuff, and it's all universities. It's like research projects. Yeah, it's research projects. And there's cool stuff there. It's crazy. Really, really cool stuff. But if you ask them what's the business model, it they is... They don't very, know they don't care. They don't know they don't care. And so that's the part I don't understand. So talk about one that you like, love They're the just most. building stuff to see if it's possible. Right. So this is like super way cutting edge and right. useless. But, but, right. but interesting. But interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like what did you see that was uh, really interesting? I, mean, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of people doing um, different kinds of VR like resistance. So how to feel physical objects in VR. So you haptics. See those guys have like haptics. haptics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I put it was like the... a stick with like yeah. uh, with rotors on it. Yes. So it was like drone motors on the ends. So right. it could create resistance right. as you push on it. Right, right. Or pull it is or that spin the one, it or whatever. So I did one where they put it on my arm. It mm-hmm. had two propellers. Yeah, yeah. That was and and it, was a, it was a game where you stabbed or shot things at funny creatures. And so when you stabbed it, the propellers would go on. So you would feel the resistance. But you have this heavy, weird object on yeah, your arm. They can fake creating weight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I asked all of them, all the different things I went to, what do you hope to do with this? And they were just like, oh. They're all kids yeah. in college trying to just see if it so can why be don't they address... None of this stuff is useless. This stuff is so far out. Well, why don't they address the business model, too? I mean... That's a different conference. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... That's geek, a whole geek, different geek, conference. Geek. That's all right, like but of, of that stuff... What did you see that you walked away oh, with? And you I mean, like, the, the resistance stuff, I think uh, I recall there was some really cool light field 
stuff. I mean, I'm kind of a fan of this idea of light fields, which is... Explain what that is. Light fields is like, instead of displaying graphics on a flat screen, it displays it the way your eyes see it in real world, so you can move your head around. It's like capturing a camera, right? Think of a camera as a flat plane of film and a lens yeah. that focuses light on that flat I plane of film. I have the little Lyco... Um, if that flat... Yeah, Lytro was yeah, a big consumer yeah. popularization of this. If you think of a light field as, as capturing... Instead of just capturing that flat plane of light, yeah. capturing like a whole sphere of light. Right, right. And so you can move around within it and you see things move parallax and in the right way. And so, uh, because as humans, we're not perfectly still all the time. Right. Even when you're just a little breathing, right. you're moving a little bit. And so when you can start to replicate that with life field, with right. the display, it, it really, um, enhances the immersion. So I saw, um, there was a crazy projection, projection mapping. Yeah. Thing. That's yeah. what I liked. So projection mapping, if, if those of you don't know that expression is when, if you've ever been to a big event and they, put a projection on the side of a building, but it curls around the building or it wraps around whatever the object is. That's projection mapping. Now they've added what they call computer vision, which is a bit of AI to it. So they can tell the projection what to do. So they animated one of those obnoxious Hawaii Hawaiian shirts, shirts or middle-aged, you know, what do they call it? Shriners Convention yes. shirts? You know? <laughs> it's just a very highly patterned shirt, but they made it look lit up and alive. And it like animates itself. And it animates. And then they yeah. brought up an application where they could adjust the colors of the animation and they could turn off and on what animated. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you're wearing an AI shirt. Yeah. You know. And it's just a projector. Yeah. Um casting light off the object so but rendering in real time there was a crazy just next to it by the way it's this yeah. crazy like thousand frames per second projection mapping oh i didn't go there no, was because it was only like the size of a postage stamp because oh, right. that's all they can do right now but just the idea yeah. of being able to render Stuff and react like to the real world that fast it starts to get into a, just another level so of would we ever realism. be in a situation then where you don't need to take e anymore because you can go to <laughs> exactly. a big rave we could yeah. all be wearing crazy shirts. There could be projectors yes. on the wall. And because of computer learning, the all of our clothing will be alive. Absolutely. Like everything becomes a screen. Right? So that is so that is cool. So then again, I, I asked them, what are you going to do with this? And they were like, I don't know. And that yeah. makes, as a strategist, that makes me nuts. No, that's hope for you, right? That You have a job. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll always be able Your to help people. Your job is to figure out what to do with this Right. Stuff. I mean, I have tons of ideas. It's just that they don't build things in the vacuum of let's get to product. No. You know, which which makes me so really crazy. No, these things cost a million dollars just yeah. to make the one. Yeah. And then you um, you walk around this trade show and, you know, I, I do trade shows all the time and frequently live with, with this show. But what I noticed about this one in particular, usually they notice you because you're female. You know, you're not dressed particularly attractive. You're just in normal clothes. But you get noticed a lot yeah. just because you're the one female at these the tech 1%, shows. Right. Yeah. At Seagraph, nothing. They are so, <laughs> so, so deeply geeked out, you know, and it's all T-shirts and it's man buns and beards. <laughs> Did you notice that? I mean, it's uh, yeah, very... Yeah, it definitely has its own... It's a different layer of, like, academic nerddom. No, there's no business people or There's no business people, there. right, um, there. And so or that they're was, exiled to, like, the little show Well, floor. or they're like me disguising themselves as yeah, media. right. Um, I mean, I thought it was fascinating. Um, I also, I saw some stuff, um, you know, what's developing now at a lot of the booths was their um, 3D libraries. 
So Google has what's it called? Their 3D library. Oh yeah, uh, Poly. Um, Poly. You can go. Up, you can just register up on Google's Poly and grab any 3D asset yeah. you want and play with it and, and put Sketch it into your. Fab it's all free. All these are free. Yeah. And then there was a render farm solution that Google was showcasing. Um, our, our buddy Buzz Hayes. Do you know Buzz Hayes? Buzz Hayes is at Google now, and he was showcasing a a render farm that anyone could leverage. You just yeah, pay cloud for, rendering. Yeah, cloud rendering. You pay by the yeah. render. Yeah. So I could take advantage yeah. of the power of real time. Yeah. Uh, processing, but not have to have that infrastructure myself. You don't have to buy the computer. So that interests me because that's a business model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could like wrap my head around that. The other stuff is like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know. Did you see the 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 looking glass? Like, I heard about it. So yeah, they've, these guys have built a 3D inside of a little piece of glass. It looks like a cube of lucite. Yes, yes, but it, yes, yes. It's all, but it's a screen, right. and so it renders a 3D object. It. Yeah. in it. Well, you, it's real time rendered, so yeah. they can make it do anything. Right. But I think one of the things they announced was that you can now download 3D models from Sketchfab or, or maybe Poly as well. And just like auto, you can just see it on that screen. Right. And it's it's crazy. And so what what is? But I don't. It's useless. But right. It's neat. Right. So I <laughs> I spent a lot of time there playing with. It was a sort of drunken. It feels like the future. Right. A drunken older guy. Yeah. Walking. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And you could wave in front of it haptically and grab at yeah. him and push like him a around. Like a motion sensor. Yeah. So that was really interesting. But that's more of like, will that become the new artwork in your house? Uh, or you know, will these screens get to a scale? Yeah, I guess yeah. It, all it is is a novelty. It's a novelty, but maybe you could see in a medical environment. Oh yeah, they'll train it to react when there's a disease. You know, anytime you anything. need to see something in 3D, but yeah. you don't want to put on glasses or a headset. Right, then you do it. It's the best way. That was a pretty busy booth, it, and that was also cool, a booth that small. everyone told you about, right? Yeah. Like when everyone because you've never seen anything like that. Yeah, no one's ever made that thing before. Right, and then the job fair was nuts too. Oh yeah, which I thought was interesting. So, do you have any sense of like what kind of resources everybody's looking for? Yeah, everybody needs computer graphics engineers. So Unity people or Unity people, 3D um, people, um, Unreal. Yeah, Unity, Unreal, uh, anybody, Nvidia, like people that know those APIs. Right. um, Everybody, there's an insatiable demand for computer graphics engineers. Like and people so that know how to use every those Every big company. And SIGGRAPH is where they all, all go. Everybody that's Looking in the academic world, everybody that's studying serious computer graphics. Right, right. They are a part of this community, and this is their event. Right. And so all the big, I mean, certainly like Microsoft and yeah, there Google, were like thirty major electronic companies arts there. And, yeah. Uh, Everybody unreal, was recruiting. Um, I was trying to see a TechCat. TechCat. No, no. I was looking for a tech <laughs> Do you need computer graphics engineers? <laughs> no, I was looking to see you if they wanted to hire thinking? someone who could tell oh, them what yeah. to do with their computer. <laughs> no, but, they don't want you. They want no. They want they want they Unity want and Unreal programmers. Developers. Yeah. I was blown away by that too, and then I think um, uh, the other the other thing too. I think that yeah. I so noticed kids out there, you want to get a may have a career, go learn Unity graphics. and Unreal and all yeah. those programs. Well, the other thing I noticed was that every booth, every booth had like thirty graphics, uh, thirty icons. So everyone's partnered with everyone. <laughs> it's a small so, town. Right, right. So Nvidia had like has taken their card and made it work with every single application. So every application has been, you know, what do they call it? Um, 
optimized, Certified, optimized, optimized for NVIDIA's cards and vice versa. So that was the one thing is if you go to any booth, there's no value prop in going to one vendor or the other because they all seem to be working with each other based on whatever their expertises are. Yeah, everybody's trying to solve the same yeah, I was at, big problems. I was at NVIDIA and Autodesk was doing an AI presentation. But there are, there are camps. So, you, yeah. you, you know, when, once you get deep into it, You'll you'll see it, but like for example, the Nvidia real time ray tracing stuff. Yeah, ray tracing. Drink your beer. Doesn't actually <laughs> work. It only like it doesn't exist. You can't have it. I right. mean, um, because it only works with Microsoft Direct or our DTX DRX. You know, their DirectX twelve. Right. It only works with the which certain is set like of equipment. Not done yet. It's software and it only works with Unreal's render engine. Right. So, right. If, so you have the Unreal camp and the Unity camp. The, the real-term ray tracing stuff is only in the Unreal camp. Right, right, right. right. Um, you have the Autodesk camp, and then you have... Uh, That's another software. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. So like, And then there's NVIDIA versus AMD. AMD had a booth there. They yeah. make graphics cards, but you wouldn't know it. You know, yeah. because they're like next to NVIDIA, and this is really kind of NVIDIA's Show. territory, and NVIDIA's a little further ahead, but... Um, you know, but AMD's there, right. so you have and Intel, camps. And Intel was there, too. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to take a break. Um, when we come back, I want, I want like, your top five takeaways from the show. Five is a lot. All right, three? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> also, what you learned doing your booth, because you were in your booth talking to people, so you probably learned a lot, and then you could share with us more about um, where everything's going um, with the company. So we're going to be back in a moment. Um, final chapter with Hardy Tankersley. Man about town, famous, <laughs> insightful innovations, technology, blah, 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 blah. Um, on the Tech Cat Show in a few. Talk to you soon. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. All right, everybody. Um, I was sharing with Hardy the uh, architecture of the uh, Tech Cat studio here. Yeah, it's impressive. And um, we're just finishing up talking about the ins and the outs of Seagraph 2018, which just took place in Vancouver, um, which is a graphics, computer graphics conference on the educational level. But lots of B2C and B2B solutions being demonstrated there more than ever before, I think. So what are your... As a VR pioneer and a technologist, what are what are your <laughs> Thank you, well said, yeah. <laughs> what are your three top takeaways? Uh, um, and I, I sort of talked about real time and experiences changing. What what do you think are the are the top? Takeaways? I think the the biggest news was definitely the real time ray right. tracing. That's right. a quantum leap in computer graphics. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Nerd word. Uh, it's just a huge, it's it's a fundamental difference in the way yeah. uh, computer graphics work and makes it brings real, fo- you know, f- near photorealism uh, into a much more accessible place. Right, right. And it's going to change a lot uh, of the way things the way things work. So I think we're going to see a lot of ripple effects from that technology over the years. Um, it's also like, it's not like, just to get nerdy for a second, there's not ray tracing and not ray tracing, although there is, but there's also a lot of different levels of ray tracing, and what they've built is still pretty limited in the grand world. It's not going to replace all the render farms the Hollywood studios use. You yeah. still need that to get the right quality. Yeah, yeah. But for certain things, I mean, there's a reason that their demo is the stormtroopers in an elevator and not, like, outside. Right. You know, it's more difficult. It's, more, it's, it's easier. It's a smaller space. There's l- less to uh, less rays to trace, right? Outdoors gets hard. The sun is like right. a big thing right. of light that right. is complicated. Um, anyway, so so there's still a lot of work to be done, but it is a big, it's a leap, and it's going to change um, change a lot of things. Uh, there are a couple other things I think were interesting. There's a big coming out party, party for Star VR. Oh, this, yeah, like, talk about that, because they had a lot doing of press releases. High-resolution, uh, improved VR headsets. So we're in. We're, we're deeply into the world of, I guess, the third generation of, of VR headsets. You know, we started almost two years ago with Right, right, Oculus and these are the kind that we can all Rift afford, and, right? No, you can't afford these. So what about but the... But someday ones? you will. What about the um, ones that are well, like three hundred dollars or whatever? The, well, those are getting slightly better, but they're still bad. Okay. But this is like more in the three thousand dollar, you know, one to five thousand dollar range. There's a bunch of different ones, but right. the the Star VR guys I, clearly spent a lot of money on this show, so yeah. they raised a lot of money and they they had some pretty good demos. So they have a headset which has much wider field of view, much higher resolution, better color. Than the stuff that you've seen before with from the HTC Vive and the yeah. um, Oculus Rift, the the Vive Pro, uh, which is also starting to to ship and is pretty widely um, used used right. is is a, is a much better. But you drop into this Star VR, and then there's um, another uh, company out of Europe called uh, called VR Engineers that has a 5K. Headset. That's so I mean, I've heard we've all heard. Super of, pretty. Most of us have heard of Vive. Most of us have heard yeah. of Oculus. Um, is Star VR another 
Is it yeah, going to be another one like It's a competitor that? to those, but it's okay. more professional. Okay. So it's it's it, it, you have this divide between and the interesting thing about SIGGRAPH is it's yeah. it's it's half about computer games. Yeah. Cuz that's a big there that's a big market for graphics, right? Yeah. But that's at the low end in terms of quality because you have to run on consumer-grade hardware and things that ordinary people can afford because that's who plays games. But that there's this also fork of SIGGRAPH, which is the super high-end, cutting edge of quality stuff. That's that, going to lead to studios. and Yeah, exactly. That right. can do a lot of Movies. interesting stuff. So the... For example, one of the Star VR demos is a, a configurator for a Porsche like showroom. Okay, so you can okay, go into the okay. car dealership, theoretically, put on the headset, and you can model out your, your car. options, your car. Right. So uh, what wheels do you want? What colors do you want? All that. And it'll render it in photorealistic VR. Right. Uh, but, like but, that's but an a interesting application. But a regular person wouldn't have the Star VR set up. Correct. But a Porsche... Home. Porsche dealership, dealership would. the economics work so for you're, them. So you're saying now we have three levels of these headsets or companies. We have the $300, yeah. you know, where you Well, you have a like spectrum, right? So you have like the, the $200 Oculus Go. Right, right. All the way up to the $5,000... Star VR, whatever. VR engineers. And is, um, the, is the Go still where you still have to put your phone in it? No. Okay. They've eliminated the phone. Okay. So, so. The, the, you can. Yeah, I don't know if you can still get the. I guess at the low end, the ninety-nine dollar price point of stick your phone in a in a box. Right. Right. Go. Oculus Go is kind of like that model, but without the phone. It's got a built-in display. So okay. Okay. Figured out some economic that, that's, model. I would like to get just for the house. Yeah. You know, one of those. Yeah. The it's, Go. It's great for what um, it is. Because I have bucks. ones where you slip your phone in, but I always find that annoying. Yes, this is much better because it's also the lenses are better, and because so you don't have to do drop you the phone. In, you know, the Oculus Go is yeah. a great solution for two hundred bucks. Yeah. Like, why not? Right. But it's not true VR. It's three sixty. You know, video, oh, but it's, do you, it's super easy. You have easy. access to the library. Yeah, yeah, you can have access to the whole Oculus, right? Like three. And what's library. Apple's version? Like, if I'm in the Apple ecosystem. Oh yeah, and then they, they, we didn't talk about it because they weren't really there, but Magic yeah. Leap had their big thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is another interesting component of this whole ecosystem. Right. So we haven't talked about AR or right. MR. They, I didn't really. really see any. AR kind of right. stuff going on at SIGGRAPH. Just ga- some games. Some people were playing. Oh, yeah. There was the Niantic, Niantic, however they pronounce it. Niantic, they yeah. They had a demo. In, the in the, did they you play did that have, thing? I didn't play it. I just walked by it. They had an arcade, um, which is a popular thing to yeah. do now, where they have um, almost little dividers, and they've set up like 20 different experiences. And you just wait online and right. you go and play them. And Niantic was in that room, and they had a. And Niantic's the one that did Pokemon Go. Exactly. So they and had. And they now have a big contract to do Harry Potter. Oh, that's so cool. So that's what's coming. So, so next. this was like how, like playing against people. They all seem to me like versions of Get the Red Flag or whatever. Yeah, they is are. That what, is that what it's yes. called? Red Flag or Capture the Flag? Capture the Flag. They're all versions of Capture the Flag through your phone. Yeah. Um, using AR. Yeah. Um, and they had this kind of real-time shared uh, space idea, so you could have multiple players. I saw two or three yeah, at a time, yeah. who each are had. looking in their phones, yeah. and you can see. I have this on mute. Um, you can see the yeah. other viewers. You can see the other players in real time. So you're like running around a room, 
and uh, uh, and you're kind of like tapping the screen to shoot at the other people or drop. That's things right. For Everything's them. tapped now too. That's the other thing. So so. But you know, you're yeah. looking through a phone, which is this tiny little window. Yeah. So we're not there quite there yet. All right. So we have real time. Oh, we yeah. have. Oh, we yeah. have um, real-time VR. ray tracing. We VR. have and what's, like what's another one for you? High-end, high-end VR. VR. Um, Anything that you guys were demonstrating in terms of workstations? Yeah, I mean we're 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 doing super high-powered workstations in relatively small. T- say the name footprints. of the company. The company's called Silverdraft. And where can we find Silverdraft.com? Okay. Um, and where can we find we you, Hardy? If people want to follow people. you and I'm Hardy H A R D I E. There's not that many Hardys. There's not that many. I'm I'm at Hardy on almost everything. (laughs) Yeah, or Hey Hardy, right? Uh, Hey Hardy on Gmail because I was too lazy to get an invite early enough. (laughs) But I got at Hardy on Twitter and most everything else. It's Um, uh, Yeah, and I'm Hardy.org. And that's that's where we can find you because we're gonna have to wrap up in a minute. So 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 real takeaways, real time uh, ray tracing. High-end VR, uh, the nature of experiences one. are changing, um, you know, photorealistic. Interesting research projects. Interesting. Uh, career path for engineers. Right, <laughs> right, learning Unreal and learning Unity. Uh, well, that's just one quick debate is if you could only learn one, which would you learn? Because some have told me that Unity is good for beginners and then Unreal has a lot more Head depth arm. to it. I think it's a gross generalization. That's yeah. probably true, just... Yeah. People, when people ask me what what you see is Unity is is easier and more broadly deployed and has like plugins and adaptions for everything. Right. Unreal people tend to be the people more interested in quality, visual quality. Unity is coming along, but Unreal um, and their engine has traditionally been better right. at. Uh, visual we, fidelity. And we could talk just about what Epic is doing with Unreal and Fortnite. Oh my god, yeah. Um, that's a whole nother conversation. Maybe we'll bring Hardy back um, wherever he is in the world. That's what's <laughs> interesting is the, 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 the gorillas in this business. Yeah. Uh, you have Epic who's making all their money off Fortnite. Yeah. So like Uni- uh, Unity or Unreal, Unreal is almost like a charity project. Right, you know? right, right. And you have NVIDIA who's making all their money off cryptocurrency mining. Right, right. <laughs> they don't really want to admit it. Um, and so, but the benefits of all that money are going Art. into R and D on on, on computer graphics, graphics. right? Yeah. Right. So that that's the that's the secret, and there are other secrets like that. But um, so this has been Laurie Schwartz, your Tech Cat, just returning from SeaGraph 2018 in Vancouver this year with Hardy Tankersley, who is a VR interloper, <laughs> a guru Good in word. technology, former. Um, former studio head of technology um, and innovation, and Hardy's been um, dropping some insights on what we saw that was so interesting. We'll do it again next year. Yeah, and check out seagraph2.org because I think they have video and papers. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of stuff, and uh, definitely look into NVIDIA and what they're doing because they're also doing stuff with AI, which is fascinating. Yeah, really cool. Um, you know, companies to watch, Epic, NVIDIA, Intel, AMD, yeah. HP, yeah. and Dell. Um, so we'll be back. Thanks so much. Talk to you guys next week on the TechCast. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 